Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Nuck If You Buck. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads podcast network, including Cavalier Central, Daily Thunder, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, At the Buzzer, and Lakers Fast Break. Plus our coaching-focused podcast, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Nuck If You Buck, hosted by me, Devin Zanskis, and brought to you by Hoop Heads, as always. Today, I'm coming at you solo, but we have a controversial finish versus Phoenix and back-to-back victories against a depleted 76ers to cover. I'm already a little warmed up here from some side work I was doing before, so let's get right uh, back into it, and hopefully I can make it all the way through here. Uh, Without further ado... I would like to get into, unfortunately, the sole loss of the week versus the uh, Phoenix Suns after a bit of a soft foul call on P.J. Tucker contesting Booker's shot um, at the buzzer at the end of overtime, albeit probably the correct call, um, even if it is soft. Um But a silver lining is that this was truly a thrilling contest all throughout, despite a a disappointing ending there that could have gone either way. Start from the top here. Uh, Buck starters uh, for the week uh, was Drew Holiday, Dante DiVincenzo, Chris Middleton, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and uh, Brooke Lopez. So great to have the gang back together here to start the week. And the Phoenix Suns, uh, also uh, rolled out um, what I believe to be their usual starters uh, in Chris Paul, Devin Booker, um, McCall Bridges, Dario Saric, and DeAndre Ayton. Game starts out with a Brook block and then Giannis uh, forcing a Dario Saric turnover um, and um, a Giannis steal and slam. Uh we saw a lot of, of Giannis going right at uh, DeAndre Ayton and specifically um, going at Dario Saric as well, who really was no match for Giannis naturally. DeAndre Ayton is about um, probably 
close to the ideal uh, candidate to match up against Giannis Antetokounmpo. But at the same time, uh, if you're not going to bring help against Giannis, it's um, kind of a wrap for you. And even though that was the Suns game plan and they ended up victorious here, Giannis certainly had his way throughout this contest. Uh, we saw a 10 to 3 bucks run from the three and a half to the one minute mark uh, remaining in the in the first quarter. Um, he saw Drew Holiday rip uh, Cameron Payne clean or as Marcus Johnson comically put it on the cut, put put it on the uh, broadcast. Uh, we heard a C- CP uh, three times five or uh, a Cliff Paul uh, connection there that the latter may be being a little disrespectful to Cameron Payne, but who are we kidding? We're comparing him to Chris Paul. Um, uh, lastly, we get a Bobby Portis three to close um, to close the first quarter here. Really a phenomenal Bobby Portis week, I must say. You're going to hear him come up here a lot in my game notes. Um, maybe that's more so some recency bias from uh, the huge uh, Bucks bench contest uh, yesterday as of recording here, Sunday, uh, April 25th. Um, but yeah, just... Just a huge luxury to have Bobby Portis off of the bench here. I don't know if I've said it enough on the podcast. Um, after the first quarter, Bucks uh, led uh, twenty-five to twenty-four. Uh, Drew Holiday with seven points, two assists to Chris Paul's eleven points, which uh, which were the first eleven of the Suns' uh, first twenty-one uh, points in the first quarter, and uh, two rebounds to go along with that for CP three. We also got to see some Tory Craig action here, and I mean uh, action uh, for the Phoenix Suns. Obviously, uh, Craig traded for cash considerations just before the trade deadline, or rather a week before the deadline, um, to uh, make way here as the Bucks uh, narrowly evade the hard cap and the uh, luxury tax threshold as well, as we'll get into with a couple signings this week too. Um, we get to also see more Jeff Teague off of the bench as he continues uh, to uh, be a pleasant surprise for the Bucks off the bench. Um, Teague would drive past Payne, however, uh, Payne or Cliff Paul would knock down a three over uh, right back over Jeff Teague. Uh, we'd also see. Uh, a Giannis uh, drive past Jay Crowder and then a jumper over Jay Crowder as well. Um, Devin Booker would, would respond with uh, four points himself as uh, the Bucks would be down. Um, this time they would be down by one going into half. 54-55, uh, Suns advantage. Giannis Antetokounmpo already with 21 points and three rebounds at half. As I noted, um, they were, they were just letting Giannis have his way, and then uh, the Suns um, on brand were trying to uh, to limit the perimeter shooting. Uh, Chris Paul at half had 15 points, three rebounds, three assists. Uh, again in the third quarter here, the third quarter, always a big quarter for Giannis. Um, he would uh, finish past DeAndre Ayton, and uh, Booker would pull up for mid-range before Chris would spin through traffic and finish on a drive. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo would uh, 
would strip the ball from CP3 and go coast to coast uh, for the layup. Drew Holiday would knock down a three, and then Mike Boonwitzer would successfully challenge a uh, just a lame call on Giannis because it clearly wasn't a foul, hence the successful challenge. Um, let's see, who was it? I believe, I know it was a, a Suns player on offense tripped over over a Jay Crowder screen. Um, and then they called that on Giannis, given Giannis was trailing close behind. But the replay showed that it was uh, Jay Crowder who had uh, tripped the Suns player and not Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis would finish uh, twice in a row over DeAndre Ayton again, um, and then uh, he would soon enough uh, get called for his third foul there. But luckily, it wasn't his fourth. And then Drew Holiday would knock down a step back three. Um Around uh, halfway through or midway through the third quarter, um, Cliff Paul, <laughs> no disrespect again, I'm meaning uh, uh, Cameron Payne would have 12 off the bench for the Suns. Um, ton of respect for him, uh, given that um, the Suns are really a deep team. This is kind of a big takeaway that I had. I thought. If anything, Cameron Payne may be a weaker link coming off the bench for the Suns, but he proved me wrong in this one. Obviously, they have Cameron Johnson coming off the bench for them. Uh, Torrey Craig, a familiar face. Javon Carter. Uh, Frank Kaminsky, I would think, is still around. At least he was the last time we played them. Um, seems to be an okay backup big, whom I wouldn't be... Uh, too bummed about having myself. Um, definitely wouldn't want him as a starter. But uh, yeah, Suns have a have a have a really deep bench themselves, and I, given that I didn't expect this much from Cameron Payne, but he delivered for the Suns. Uh, we'd see a Pat Connaughton uh, stuffing Devin Booker uh, and turning into a Pat transition three, and then. Uh, Portis would have a uh, sweet post move to get past the double for the bucket, uh, followed by a Cameron Johnson three. After three quarters, the Bucks would uh, retake the lead 90 to 83, as Giannis would have 29 points and six rebounds to Chris Paul's 15 points, uh, five rebounds, four assists. Early in the fourth quarter, um, I believe it was the one of the first plays of the fourth, Chris Middleton would pass uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for for eighth on the uh, Bucks' all-time assist ladder, and uh, pretty crazy with these with these uh, third NBA contracts for um, our current Bucks legends in Giannis and Chris. It feels like every episode here, I must uh, outline another um, another record broken or another passing of the torch in the all-time uh bucks ladder and it's a privilege to uh, to be able to note this on every episode and if i don't forget there should be one more for me to get to later on through this week's action uh in the fourth as i mentioned there would be some overtime action eventually so uh sons would would uh claw back um given some pretty ball movement leading to a cameron johnson three then Mike Budenholzer would call a timeout, um, and the Bucks would respond, regaining um, a seven-point lead. 
but then Chris Paul would rip the ball away from Giannis Antetokounmpo in one of the through one of the few doubles uh, that they sent on Giannis late. Um, but Drew would respond with a rare poster dunk. Um, you know, he's clearly um, probably uh, underrated as far as the athleticism category is concerned because um, as a guard, um, his ath- his strength uh, regarding his athleticism is his strength and just being big, being able to bully guys and obviously being able to to defend up at his position. That's what allows him to be one of the best defensive guards in the league. Um, but in contrast to other guards, his athleticism doesn't um, lend him to being the most explosive leaper. So these Drew, Drew Holiday posters are rare, but um, they do exist. Ever late in the fourth, the Suns would go on a 10-0 run before uh, right on cue, Drew would have uh, one of his cool calm collective uh, Euro step finishes on the on the opposite side of the basket. Um, and uh, let's see, Chris Middleton would hit a huge three late off of a Drew Holiday uh, feed before uh, Booker would have a clutch mid range pull up for himself. Then, unfortunately, something a little too familiar for Bucks fans. We would get um, we would get Giannis um, with um, with the play call at at the very uh, end of the game here for what could have been a dagger for the Bucks. Um, a little bit of deja vu if we remember the last contest where the uh, Bucks fell in regulation as Giannis missed the game winning shot, but here. With at least a little bit more time on the clock, he would he would have it late with seconds remaining, and he would he would just fall on the ground. Um, and talk about controversy here. Uh, I'll give it to any Suns fans that may be listening. Um, there's definitely a questionable call in terms of allowing the Bucks to uh, call a call a timeout and, and uh, maintain possession after Giannis fell because. Uh, I haven't this isn't necessarily the play I rewatched, but even watching the replays uh when this game was still going on, it was it truly was unclear as Suns fans would say whether or not the Bucks truly had possession and deserved the right to even call the timeout and inbound the ball. Um nevertheless we would get a couple um first a Chris Middleton miss jumper and then a Devin Booker miss jump jumper to leave the game tied at 116 after regulation Giannis Antetokounmpo with 33 points and uh seven rebounds um opening up uh overtime uh Giannis would jump out of the gym to swat Devin Booker's shot uh but unfortunately he would fall awkwardly and leave the game short after um initially looked like an ankle uh tweak but then afterwards we saw Giannis on the sideline uh, as he was working working out the Kings, seeing if he could uh, hop back into this action, um, taking off his shoes to stretch out his feet, and the broadcast was uh, pondering whether or not it was whether or not it was truly an injury or if it was just uh, a foot cramp uh, a la LeBron James. But Giannis ended up playing the rest of the week, so it wasn't anything to be particularly concerned about. Um, maybe it was a cramp. I don't really know that was an important because we already know what the end result is. Um, but 
still there was plenty of more action to go as because as Giannis left uh so did uh Brooke Lopez and the Bucks finished with a really small lineup that I was still somewhat concerned about given that they kept DeAndre Ayton on the floor but having PJ Tucker as our center uh did not prove to be a problem um despite the last play uh still good defense and a soft call that we can't necessarily um you know imagine would happen again but Booker before that final shot would hit a tough banker over PJ Tucker um followed by a couple bucks threes from Pat Connaughton and PJ Tucker and then McCall Bridges would respond with a three himself before Chris Middleton showing up late again here um to prove the doubters wrong um our clear-cut number two, pulling up right in the face of Devin Booker for an unconscious three. I was watching with my roommate at the time, and we were both just just uh, jaws down to our feet. Uh, our minds were blown by the audacity of Chris to even take that shot. I was telling uh, my roommate how, how ballistic I would have gone had that shot not fallen, given it was right at the beginning of a shot clock, and we still had time in these... In these very important moments, but Chris delivers just before the call um, uh, Booker's jumper uh, at the buzzer. So, sure, everyone's seen this play, but to offer my lens to it, um, Drew Holiday was fighting as hard as you'll ever see him. Um, as you'd expect against someone with the offensive prowess of Devin Booker and barely allowed Booker to even uh, get to get to the three-point line um, to pull up for a higher percentage shot as he was forced to dribble all the way into the corner to where uh, P.J. Tucker would help. And then as P.J. jumps to contest Devin Booker's shot, he just barely uh, nixed booker um on his shooting arm with his elbow you can tell that booker looks affected by it uh could booker have embellished it knowing how close of a call it was and how good these guys are at uh, drawing fouls and shooting through contact sure i still am honestly not 100 percent sure um but i would certainly put my money that it was truly a foul called or truly the right call as soft as it may be to Send Devin Booker to the line as much as we don't like to see a game end on free throws. As uh, Booker knocks down the first three throw and then he uh, misses the second. Maybe intentionally, I would imagine, given how great of a shooter he was. And uh, just letting the game run out at that point. 127-128, Suns final and a heartbreaking one for the Bucks. Um you know, I, I don't know if this is just me um, being more of an optimist than a realist when it comes to the Bucks as usual, but, you know, it's just a regular season loss. It's coming down to the end of it here. So um, these next two wins against the Sixers were huge for the Bucks in the standings. If we want to get that top two seed and not face both of the... Um, Eastern Conference behemoths in the Sixers and Nets in the playoffs, but um, 
still. Um, we've had losses that weren't nearly as entertaining as this one, let alone entertaining um, from the jump to to the final overtime buzzer. So I'm thankful that we got to see a fun game and we can't really be discouraged um, by the Bucks' effort in this one. So moving on, I would just like to touch on another non-Bucks game that happened here um, this week. And that was um, the Suns playing the Sixers. That's right. The two, our two sole per, uh, opponents of the week faced off uh, in between our contests uh, between the two. Um, and I didn't, I didn't uh, take huge game notes on this one, but a um, couple of big takeaways for me here. Um, obviously, we got to see Embiid without Simmons again in this one as he has missed four straight now with a non-COVID illness. Um, and as we saw Giannis go at Giannis go at Aiton, um, we got to see uh, Embiid here now go at uh, DeAndre Aiton himself. And uh, Suns seemingly, um, you know, if memory serves me right, they had kind of a similar approach to Giannis as they did Embiid and playing him largely straight up uh, given the defensive talent and sheer size of DeAndre Ayton. Um, so yeah, it was just a ton of Joel Embiid action. Um, similar to the game against the Bucks. hopefully I'm not getting them confused, but uh, without Simmons especially, um, they asked the most of Joel Embiid and he delivered scoring big here nearly... Uh, <laughs> Nearly knocking in a full court heave to send it into overtime. The ball literally goes in halfway down the net and then out as as uh, as the Suns also beat the 76ers and maintain what must be still a top two record in the league overall. Um, uh, just a, just as big of a takeaway for me here was the Devin Booker Matisse Tybel. Uh, matchup here, which was just awesome. Obviously, um, pretty similar body types. So Tybal um may be um up there with Drew Holiday and guys you would want to be picking up uh Devin Booker on offense, as I think Tybal blocked him at least. I really want to say he blocked him twice on the perimeter, um, but even beyond those two blocks, he um. He definitely made it tough on Booker all night. I don't think Booker, by any stretch of the imagination, had had a career night against the Sixers at all in this, and that was a that was a, a tribute to Tybal, a young guy already with all defensive prowess. So going into our first Sixers game, I was really concerned about what that would mean for the Bucks, you know, because Tybal could could have done the same against Middleton, but I truly didn't see as much from him. Um, I didn't see as much uh, from Tybal uh, against the Bucks compared to what he did against Booker. That probably speaks to how we have three truly great options on offense and Giannis, Chris, and Drew for any doubters out there. Otherwise, from this game, I just uh, noted that uh, a couple other Sixers young guys and Tyrese Maxey and Forkan Korkmaz really impressed me uh, on offense as they were filling in there. Um, 
in the absence of Ben Simmons, creating for themselves a lot, especially Maxi. Wow, that guy, he's a real ball player already in his first year. Um, I can see there being some semblance of hesitation in giving him up for possibly a one-year rental in Kyle Lowry. I don't quite see it as much for a Talon Horton Tucker, given the Lakers rumors, but um, still, I'm thoroughly impressed by Maxi, and kind of crazy that I even um, I even evaluated him honestly for um, on this uh, show as a potential uh, draft pick at like what would have been our slot before the Drew Holiday trade at the 24 overall pick because. He definitely looks like he could be a steal for the Sixers uh, where they must have gotten him a few slots before. And then Forkan Korkmaz, um, I mean, we've seen him before. He's just a, a pure shooter and but can also do it off the dribble as well and has a has good NBA size for the for the wing as well. Unfortunately, um, I, he fell uh, hard on his ankle, I believe, in this Suns match. So we didn't get to see him uh, when the Sixers face the Bucks. But um, yeah, hopefully he's he's doing fine and that injury wasn't too much. Um, won't set him back too much, but I think the Sixers should be happy with both of those guys. All right, and then um, now I would like to get into uh, some of the action here. Uh, with the first game uh, against the Sixers, the first game of the back-to-back. Um, you know what? I'm going to pull an audible here. I think this is a good point to share a word from our regular sponsors in Thrive Fantasy. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top-tier athletes in a respective sport. For example, if you're like me, completely perhaps unhealthy, unhealthily obsessed with one sport, aka the NBA, but you also do enjoy watching others with your friends, admittedly a casual, this still works for you because you only have to choose five out of 10 player prop options to build your lineup. Although I'm the annoying guy on the couch next to my friends asking questions about every single player that's featured, uh, I still believe uh, that I could that I could choose five out of 10 player prop options and build a lineup and to win a fantasy point total associated with the winner with the over under. Um, And for the record, I won my fantasy league for the first time this year in fantasy football. So yeah, get at me here on thrive fantasy. Um, The over under um, is based on the likelihood of your player prop option occurring the more points the selection is worth the riskier it is naturally so you want to rack up the most points to win a share of the player prize pool threat fantasy has awarded over 2.2 million dollars in prizes since launching in 2018 including fifty thousand dollars for just one late nfl uh, week alone and thousands more since the return of the nba to take advantage of this, you'll want to use promo code Giannis, that's G-I-A-N-N-I-S, when you sign up today. You'll receive an instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store, 
or you can visit their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. All right, pardon my audible, but I will get into the first of the two matchups against the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, the first contest here was a um, matchup against the Sixers with no uh, Ben Simmons. However, the Bucks had all their usual suspects starting. Uh, matched up against George Hill, a familiar face, uh, just recently acquired from uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. I somehow already touched on, again, the uh, Kyle Lowry rumors that did not come to fruition and terms of him going to Philadelphia and the Sixers really made out well uh, getting George Hill for a much cheaper price, giving up less, maintaining guys like um, those starting next to Hill in this instance and Seth Curry, Danny Green, Tobias Harris, and uh, Sixers still had Embiid in this first matchup. However, the Bucks really came out of the gates hot, um, starting on 10-0 run, leading to a, a Doc Rivers timeout and then uh, when the Bucks, uh, a red hot start came to an end. When it was all said and done, the Bucks started ten of ten on their first ten shots from the field. However, the Sixers bench would rip off uh, eight straight points against Drew Holiday plus a bench unit, um, followed by uh, Bryn Forbes knocking down three free throws after being fouled beyond the arc. After the first quarter, the Bucks led 40-26. Chris uh, led the way for the Bucks, and both teams overall 10 points. Giannis, Drew, and Shake Middleton would all have 8 points themselves throughout the first quarter. Getting into the second, uh, Bobby Porras would intercept a Tyrese Maxey pass, um, and then uh, Brooke Lopez would finish an alley-oop. Uh, then Embiid would drive on... Uh, Brooke Lopez. Uh, we got to see a lot of uh, one-on-one uh, actions between uh, Embiid and Brooke. Um, kind of as I was saying before with uh, Giannis and then Embiid going at Aiden. Still uh, having their way with a premier defensive talent. It was sort of replicated here in that first Sixers matchup with Embiid going at Brooke. Um, believe Brooke definitely got Got a good block on him. I I was kind of just thinking to myself before recording that it seems that Brooke is good for good for a highlight block in almost every single game, and I really can't say that um, against most other opponents that that we go up against. So go down Brooke here for doing his best on Embiid, but but that's all we can really ask for. Embiid is still an MVP candidate, and rightfully so. Uh, Chris would knock down uh, three over his friend George Hill and then uh, there we go Embiid would would uh, convert an and one over Brooke Lopez Hill would uncharacteristically lose it uh, out of bounds on an unforced turnover uh, before Embiid would face up on Brooke for another mid-ranger going at Brooke Lopez um but then uh, Pat Connaughton would knock down a three at the end of the second quarter in the first half. Uh, at halftime, the Bucks led 77-60 to 60 versus the 76ers. Uh, 77 points is the most points that the Sixers have allowed all season. And uh, 
that 66 field goal percentage um, was the highest that the Bucks uh, had made through the first half all season as well. So beautiful stuff from the Bucks here uh, through halftime and throughout this whole game. Chris led it for the Bucks at half, uh, 21 points, five assists to Embiid, 17 points, two rebounds, three assists. Um, right away in the third quarter, Embiid would be sent to the line from from Brooke, and then Embiid would block Giannis, unfortunately. But then Giannis would pull up over Embiid, so all would be right in the world. Giannis would also drive past Embiid before knocking down a three. But um, again, the MVP candidate would pull up over uh, Brooke Lopez from the mid-range. Uh, further, further down in the first quarter, uh, Tobias Harris would... Uh, would finally show up a bit here, albeit still way too quiet throughout these two games, especially given the absence of important teammates. Um, Harris would hit two tough mid-range pull-ups uh, with Embiid out of the game, and then Bud would ca- call a timeout, followed by uh, Bryn Forbes three, Giannis getting sent to the line, converting two free throws, uh, Bobby Portis three, a uh, Tobias Harris running hook, and then Bobby Portis uh, knocking down two of his his second and third threes in a row, uh, closing the third quarter. Um, I even had a had a an actual barbershop conver- conversation uh, on Friday evening as I uh, went to the barber and uh, someone I wouldn't expect. Um to talk bucks with was really raving about Bobby, Bobby Portis coming off the bench. My barber said she hadn't uh, seen a bucks game in, in over a year and she was, she could not stop talking about Bobby Portis. So shout out big Bob, um, just raining it from three with the clip after three quarters, the bucks led one Oh eight to 87. Um, Chris and Embiid would have 24 points each. Then in the fourth, um, Philly would um, start to uh, bring a lot of, um, you know, make a lot of trouble for the Bucks. I guess I'll say, opening up in the zone, and the Bucks would have back-to-back turnovers, um, and the Sixers, uh, Shake Milton would knock down a, a mid-ranger, and Maxi would convert an and one. Uh, Portis. Old Reliable would have back-to-back buckets, um, but then Milton would then pull up, this time for three over Bobby Portis. Um, Giannis would knock down a wonderful turnaround over Dwight Howard, and Bobby Portis would hit a deep two before the Bucks would force a shot clock violation. Bobby Portis, again... Possibly the man of the week if I'm handing out player of the week honors, although that's not something I I regularly do. But unofficial player of the week, Bobby Portis would also uh, do it on both ends, blocking a Tobias Harris. Um, P.J. Tucker would also do what he does on the, on the defensive end, um, coming up with a steal. And, uh, but Tyrese Maxey would knock down a... Huge floater over Giannis. Um, as the Bucks would, um, in garbage time, would roll out a Jordan Awara and a Sam Merrill. However, 
as I alluded to earlier, the Sixers would not give up with the bench units in Sixers, um, another deep team like like the Suns um, that I'd mentioned would rip off a 14 to one run as the starters would have to uh, return to close the game um, as Bud must have been furious with with the bench units. Uh, forcing our stars to come back in after plenty of time on the on the bench, uh, probably thinking they they could they could uh, unlace their their hoop and shoes and take it easy and get ready for for the next Sixers matchup. But no, uh, most if not all of our starters would have to come back. But we'd close it out one twenty four to one seventeen. Giannis would finish with twenty seven points, sixteen rebounds, six assists. Um. In totality, the Bucks knocked down 23s, always a re- recipe for a win in this league, and naturally we won the rebounding battle. Uh, 44 rebounds and 6 offensive rebounds to the Sixers, 33 rebounds and 7 offensive rebounds. Now, I believe it was sometime between these games... Maybe I'm getting some of this week's timeline mixed up here, but we had uh, some off-the-court news with the Bucks. All good, um, luckily, as uh, Mamadi Diakite was um, had his two-way contract converted to a regular NBA contract. Um, I believe it... Ooh, I should have more details on this now, but... Um, I believe overall it's a three-year deal, including the, the rest of this year, and then two um, partially guaranteed years uh, after this year. According to Bobby Marks, that second year being partially guaranteed is is a bit rare, but uh, good on the Bucks for uh, navigating the salary cap and the narrow window that they have and being able to maintain guys like Mamadi Diakite, who looks to have some promise in this league despite being an older rookie. He's really produced uh, for us um, as well as we could have asked for. Now filling in for his two-way spot, I was fairly uh, happy with this. I know these moves don't uh, spark a lot of excitement for fans. Uh, it's understandable, but Justin Jackson now fills out our uh, second two-way contract uh, next to Axel Tupain. And Bucks fans may remember that on Valentine's Day, uh, Justin Jackson played spoiler to us as he uh, knocked down 22 points in a late uh, contested three to steal a victory from the Bucks um, for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And But more than just that shot, I thought it was really remarkable uh, Justin Jackson obviously a more slender guy compared to his his height I mean he's a real I mean I would say it's a good guess that he's he's at least around six seven if not six eight and but he can really given his slight frame he can really maneuver around screens and um and defend wings quite well from what I understand, even though he's known more as a shooter. Um, so yeah, I think it's pretty good value to have him on a two-way contract. So good on the Bucks for getting him. Uh, and some other news, uh, though, 
I know I said all positive here um, regarding what I have in my notes, but um, I'd be remiss if I didn't at least make mention um, of Sterling Brown. Unfortunately, he was uh, jumped uh, outside of a uh, Miami uh, club. Um, I heard that he had mistakenly gotten into the wrong vehicle, and that's what led to the altercation. Um, I admittedly don't know much beyond that, and this obviously is in a situation that I think it would be responsible for me to speculate much more on, but I hope that uh, Sterling Brown is doing okay and he can return back to his normal activities um, on and off the court uh, as soon as possible. Obviously, we carry a heavy heart here with Sterling Brown due to um, sort of un- unfor- unfortunate circumstances off the court with him in Milwaukee, of course, being um, uh, Milwaukee police using excessive force on him years ago. So um, I don't think I'm alone in saying saying that uh, you know, we always wish the best on those who depart from the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, but especially with the unfortunate experience he had in Milwaukee, um, we really want to extend out uh, our best wishes to Sterling Brown, and that just makes it even more unfortunate to hear about what happened in Miami for him. But wish him all the best. Um, lastly, I just wanted to cover uh, something that I think would be best if listeners just went out and um, also listened to this Drew Holiday uh, interview on the JJ Reddick uh, podcast. Um, it definitely has a different name to it than the JJ Reddick podcast, but you can just Google uh, <laughs> or YouTube uh, Drew Holiday and JJ Reddick, and and this interview uh, of Drew Holiday will come up in which he comments on Giannis's freakishness, Bud's player management, and Drew specifically talking about it in a positive light. Of course, fans will think it's excessive and counterproductive, but um, obviously availability is the best ability. Uh, Don't need to pander on that more. But uh, JJ and Drew also speak about Drew's obviously notable uh, philanthropy. So starting from the top here, um, some notable comments from Drew regarding uh, Giannis's abilities on the court was specifically he was saying uh, just relaying how ridiculous it is that in a game he can essentially take one dribble and almost dunk from um, from the free throw line um, which is not like really inaccurate at all. I don't think he's being super hyperbolic there, but once you say it out loud or hear Drew say it, it's really kind of surreal to again, remember that Giannis, this Giannis, who he is, is a part of this franchise and for the long run. So uh, Bucks fans can feel, feel, uh, feel maybe a little extra thankful today uh, 
hearing Drew's comments about Giannis and knowing that um, neither of them will be free agents this offseason. Um, Drew also talks about Mike Budenholzer and how um, praising uh, Bud for his management of players' health and usage. Uh, Drew talked about how Bud would yell at Drew Holiday for trying to get up extra shots um, with some of the younger guys as, um, you know, as uh, obviously our starters and rotation players would uh, have to expect playing uh, a 48-minute game. And Bucks uh, Bud really emphasizes that uh, players need to be fresh and healthy and available for the games uh, that obviously are more important. Um you know, being available for those games is more important than getting up a couple extra shots uh, in practice with uh, with some of our reserves. So Drew talks about Bud being uh, very stern with him, basically yelling at him to get off the court and get on and get on the bus and uh, yeah, keep himself fresh for the games. Specifically, the game he pointed to was the was uh, um. This would have been the practice before the Grizzlies game, just before the All-Star break, where let's not forget that Drew was just coming off of having COVID for um, the majority of the month before that. So um, good to hear some praise actually for Bud and not overusing his players because we've definitely heard plenty of critiques and, you know, in ways rightfully so for not not having players available um, as much as they should be in the playoffs. But in the case of last playoffs, it was more so being available, being available as far as their conditioning and having uh, the experience playing as much as a playoff game would demand from them. Um, JJ also questions Drew um, about how he feels being slighted as far as all defensive team votes, uh, obviously, particularly this last year, um, just players having more of more of a platform as time goes on. Um, we heard guys like Dame, Kevin Durant, and obviously more J.J. Redick himself, of course, speaking out against how ridiculous it is that Drew uh, has only made one all-defensive first team and one defensive second team, not making it last year. Drew says... It's refreshing to hear always from a from player of yours that he doesn't really care about getting those votes from the media and fans and, and that what he cares more about is the praise from his peers that he seems to get. Um, notably, the reactions that he feels from guys who match up against him mid-game. You know, he he loves the feeling on defense of a guy not wanting to go up against him and... Uh, yeah, he said he cares more about um, about the praise from his peers and guys he actually goes up against because obviously they know more than the fans and the media um, who the best defenders are and who they would least want to go up against, and that being Drew Holiday. And then last but not least, um, obviously, uh, JJ talks about Drew Holiday Um donating the remainder of last year's salary um, to charitable causes. Obviously, the pandemic 
being right at the heart of the pandemic being last year around this time when the NBA was returning. Um, in addition to the outcry for social justice and the murder of George Floyd and just, you know, the unfortunately re- the unfortunate reality of the world around them, particularly at that time, some of which of course still resonating today, um, JJ simply asks Drew what led him to be so philanthropic at that time. And Drew just reflected on a year ago saying that he was in in an incredible fortunate circumstance that he still had a job. Obviously, employment rates skyrocketing in our nation then into this day. Um, So he wanted to help out since he was in a position that he could Um, And especially because he felt so lucky that he could have a job, but also that he could be paid so much uh, to do what he loves. Um, So, yeah, obviously, and he talked about um, sort of what, um, you know, donating all that money involves and how he didn't want to just have it be a one-time donation and then walk away and not know what happens. He's talked about wanting to still be involved with those whom he assists with uh, monetary contributions and the help that that the Bucks have provided in terms of places where where he could um, you know impact the most with uh, with uh, donating his salary to in the Milwaukee area but of course he helped out um, I know he helped out the New Orleans area as well spending uh, seven to eight seasons there um, and I'm sure his his reach expanded further than that. Um, but again, I would, I would encourage everyone listening now to, uh, just listen to the, just listen to the whole podcast itself. It's, it's an, it's an hour and 10 in length. I don't know how much, uh, I don't know if listeners are able to carve out as much time as I am to listen to all of this. Um, but you know. The Ringer is good about also just sharing short clips too, which is where I first heard a lot about this, specifically the areas of the podcast that I already outlined. Um, So check that out. And I'll quickly go over this last um, Sixers game of the week. The second one of the back-to-back, not a back-to-back in the traditional sense that it was two consecutive days, but we... In consecutive games, we faced the Sixers. The second game was without Simmons or Embiid. So the Bucks dominate as to be expected. We had the same Bucks starters, but the Sixers uh, replaced Mike Scott for Joel Embiid and then had uh, Hill, Curry, Green, and Harris next to him, just like before. Uh, Chris Middleton would be whistled for two early foul calls. Um, as the Bucks start off on, well, after Harris and Drew each exchange threes, and then uh, Green would knock down two foul shots. The Bucks would go on an eleven to two run. We'd see uh, Bobby Portis pull up Jay um, before Tobias Harris knocks down a mid ranger over Bobby. Bobby would then. Uh, convert a hook shot and Bryn would uh would uh for- force a turnover 
getting the steal, leading to a uh, Pat Connaughton three late in the first quarter. After the first quarter, Bucks led 26 to 17. Uh, Drew Holiday with five points, two rebounds, two assists, and Dwight Howard. Uh, obviously, a tall task for him in this one, um, filling in, filling in the enormous shoes of Joel Embiid. Uh, coming off the bench still, Dwight Howard with six points and four, four rebounds through the first quarter. Um, early in the second, Bobby Portis would uh, slam it, uh, coming off of a cut uh, from um, from the left corner uh, and uh, off of the Dante dish in transition. And um, then Giannis would also get an early uh, second foul early in the second quarter after uh, Matisse Tybel would come off from um, from the right corner coming off of his man and taking the ball from Giannis. Of course, another Giannis th- frustration foul here. Although I feel like I haven't had to touch on that as much. So thank you, Giannis. I know you must be listening out there since you've heard all of my outcry to not be so reactionary and add insult to injury with your uh, frustration fouls. Um but honestly, the Bucks did get a pretty, uh, pretty uh, friendly whistle in this one. Um, after that second Giannis foul, uh, Anthony Tolliver would be called for a block on a Giannis drive that uh, the broadcast speculated could have been a foul charge or bleh, a charge call. Um, but you know those ones are always so close to call, and honestly. Blocks and charges are still really tough for me to evaluate, I'll be honest. But um, then Pat Conant would eat an elbow to the face off of a Tobias Harris running hook. Um, on the other end, Bobby Portis would get a tip in, but uh, Danny Green would knock down a three before uh, Brent Forbes would convert a floater. At halftime, the Bucks led 50 to 40. Uh, Giannis with 11 points, 12 rebounds, 12 rebounds already at half. I'll pause and emphasize that. Um, three assists also for Giannis. Shake Middleton led the, Shake Middleton, uh, Shake Milton rather, um, won't say that again, uh, led the way for the Sixers, uh, 12 points, two rebounds, two assists. Um, then in the third, um, Giannis and the Bucks would really come alive here. Uh, Giannis would open the third with a one of his go-go gadget uh, slams, like Drew Holiday was saying in his interview with uh, JJ Re- JJ Redick. Um, um, his go-go gadget arms and uh, his slam here had him looking like he was coming right out of right out of Space Jam off Space Mountain or whatever the heck it's called. Um, uh, fortunately, Giannis would then have a turnover after that beautiful slam, but he wouldn't be done there. Nor were the Bucks. Um, Dante would knock down a three. Um, but the real fighter here for the Sixers in the absence of, of Embiid was Seth Curry, who knocked down uh, back-to-back mid-rangers and then uh, leading to a Mike Boonholzer timeout. But then out of the bud timeout, Seth Curry would knock down back-to-back threes, doing his best... Uh, impression of his brother there but um Giannis like I said not done he would he would uh 
he would perform his patented spin to a slam and then afterwards on the next offensive possession he would knock down a three um that was in response to a sixers uh 10-0 run from uh from all of the, uh and honestly going back to it that's that was a 10-0 seth curry run really um but then bucks would respond with a 15-0 run once it was all said and done from uh from Giannis and a Portis post fade over Anthony Tolliver um, from getting an offensive rebound on a pat air ball. And then Portis again with a step back deep two over Anthony Tolliver. Um, again, showing why he is knuck if you bucks unofficial bucks energy player of the week. An energy player. I might be stealing something from the, from the uh, from the Bucks or the broadcast themselves, but oh well, uh, be that as it may. Um, after three quarters, the Bucks led uh, eighty-six to sixty-three. Giannis with twenty-four points, uh, thirteen of the twenty-four uh, coming in the third quarter, fourteen rebounds and seven assists to go along with that. Um, Bobby Portis would show up again with an offensive rebound. Um, and then Bryn Forbes would uh, knock down a deep two and get fouled, but he unfortunately couldn't convert the and one. P.J. Tucker and Dwight Howard would um, would commit offensive fouls on consecutive possessions for their respective squads. But then we would get a, uh, you guessed it, a Bobby Portis corner three. Bryn Forbes would pull up from three with the clip. And uh, Portis would foul uh, Maxi on a runner before we get a the nasty jam um, in the fourth. A um, little late action from Thanasis uh, there. Hope you know maybe fans would have hoped to see him sooner, given the given the uh, huge deficit that the Sixers would build for themselves. But but what can you say? I mean. We're lucky to have a full roster, so it's tougher to get Thanasis in the lineup as it is. Although Thanasis's development into a, a true NBA rotation player, uh, in my eyes, is certainly one of the brightest spots of this whole season. Um, still, I think it's I think, um, although unfortunate in a way, I think it's a luxury to have Thanasis. Um, as good as he is outside of our rotation as for being honest we still don't want him and even others that played more tonight uh, you know we may not want everybody in our playoff rotation speaking of which we would get some Jordan Nawara, Sam Merrill and Mamadi Diakite action this time they were able to hold on to the lead and even add to that um I admittedly, of course, once it's a 30 ball, I turn off the game. I find something a little more useful to do um, than watching the Bucks beat down even further on a team when the game's completely over like this in the fourth. But uh, Jordan Nawara would add to this lead, um, knocking down 13 points with three threes in the limited action, just playing uh, midway through the fourth and then closing the game. Um, the Bucks bench overall 
had 67 points, if I remember correctly. I'm pulling up a screenshot from my phone right now to confirm. Yeah, 76 bench points. That is, I'm glad I went to my phone to confirm this, is the most bench points by the Bucks since December 15th, 1985. Do you remember where you were on that night in 1985? Probably not. That's a ridiculous question. I'll tell you where I was. I did not exist. I wouldn't be born for 12 years. Sorry to age any of the listeners out there, but obviously huge for huge night for the Bucks bench. Um, other than Jordan Nawara with an unlikely 13 points off the bench, we also got 13 from Bryn Forbes and 17 from Bobby. Um, so yeah, um, other stats from tonight. Um, of course, we won, we won the rebounding battle, which obviously a bigger deal the last contest against the Sixers as they still had Embiid. And I think they're one of the few teams that can really um, match up with us well in terms of size. But uh, without Embiid, the Bucks won the rebounding matchup 56 overall and 16 offensive rebounds to the Sixers, 41 uh, overall rebounds, 10 offensive. Uh, Bucks also outscored the Sixers by 20 in the paint, 48 to 28. Um, the Bucks had 15, pardon me, I'll reword this. The Bucks had 33 assists and 15 turnovers, which is plenty of turnovers, honestly. But the Sixers had 15 assists, I'll repeat, 15 assists only throughout this entire game for the 76ers, and they had 17 turnovers. So, pretty crazy stuff. Uh, this Throughout the game, albeit without their stars, the Sixers had had an assist to turnover, turnover ratio of less than one. Uh, it's not good, but definitely helps uh, the Bucks' cause. Um you guessed it, the Bucks won the three-point shooting battle. Um, 18 of 40, good for 45% on the night to the Sixers. 7 of 31, only 22.6% from beyond the arc. The Bucks win uh, 132 to 94. Um, Giannis did not play in the fourth, if memory serves me right. So he ends with that 24-14 uh, and 7 line. Um, but yeah, big night for the, for the bench, as I had mentioned already, um, their scoring output. So, you know what, overall, a really, yeah, this is definitely, uh, just about as much as you could ask for from the Bucks coming out of the week. Um, you know, over 500 on the week, two to one, obviously a disappointing end to that Suns game, but you know, Exciting one through and through, and not a discouraging effort there from the Bucks, like I'd mentioned. And then, more importantly, us taking care of care of business against the Sixers. Obviously, they're they're um, they've been without at least one of Simmons or Embiid, if not both, for all uh, three of the games for the season now. So we sweep the season series, but that's not to say that um, that the Sixers aren't a team that um you know the Sixers are still a team that we will hopefully avoid once the playoffs come around and um 
In order to do that, we have to overtake them in the standings, and the best way to do that is to is to sweep the season series like we have now done. Um, to reiterate, if we can make it um, into one of those first two seeds, then we are exponentially more likely to only have to play Brooklyn or the Sixers. We know we'll have to play one of them almost certainly, and if we want to get to the finals and ultimately win it. You know, I guess that is our ultimate goal to win a championship, and it will be as long as uh, as long as Giannis Antetokounmpo is here, uh, along with Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday. You know, I'll have Brook Lopez here uh, as long as he'll stay and you know be producing at the level he is now. Uh, so yeah, Bucks fans really cherish these wins and these contests. Um, you know, like this week, we they can't they can't all be W's, but hopefully we can win when it really counts, when it's all said and done. Um, so, if you want to, uh, if you want to engage with me at all on social, you can reach me at Nuck if you buck. Um, U is just the letter U. The rest is as it sounds on on Instagram, Twitter. I would love to hear and your thoughts on anything I've shared today. Other than that, I'll see you in another life, brother. Thank you for tuning in to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother.